I know it's President's Day. Uh, I know you could be doing anything, but you chose to be here. And I'm so excited uh, because tonight, truly, we're going to be talking about one of the things I'm most passionate about. Uh, one of the things I believe that we need to hear as a community, as our age group. And, uh, you know, uh, if any of you came to our fall retreat, we were talking about this concept of being still. And after we got done with the retreat, I talked to several people afterwards, and they were like, we need to be talking about this, like, all the time. Uh, Because the reality is, in our world today, in the world you live in, uh, one of the hardest things for us to do is to be still. We have these phones, we have these devices, we have these uh, different areas of technology. We're constantly bombarded by stuff. And so this whole series is about this concept of how can we, why should we be still? And last week we heard from our worship leader, David Stallnecker, and he talked about uh, how we can be still and know God the names of God, his character, and what kind of uh, name of God we need in this season of life. Uh, But tonight, uh, the sermon, this talk that I'm going to do, I usually don't title my talks, but I really like this one. Uh, This one's called Whirlwinds and Whispers. Everybody say that out loud, Whirlwinds and Whispers. Yeah, okay. Everybody puts the emphasis on the H, Whirlwinds and Whispers. Tonight, I want to talk about listening, and I want to talk about noise. And I want to talk about distractions. Anybody in this room that would say, I could use some more guidance and direction in my life. Uh, Anybody that could say they could uh, use to hear from God. I think if we're honest, we could all use more clarity, direction, and guidance in life. It could be major life decision, relational issues, job issues, but we need guidance. Uh, You know, at my house currently, uh, it is really, really hard to ever listen to anybody because of a lot of distractions. I have three kids under the age of five, and occasionally we'll get together for dinner, and I will try to have a civilized conversation with these people, and it is impossible. And so... Uh, I am bringing you uh, like to our dinner table. I sneakily sit at our dinner table and ask my kids some questions. And I got just a quick audio snippet. And this is what it's like to try to have a conversation and to listen in our household. Let's play. What do you guys like about (laughs) on your bike? What's your favorite thing? I have one Um, that I can ride in the grass. Okay, that is literally every night at my dinner table. Uh, I'll like ask my wife a serious question and she, what? What's that? I don't, what's that? Uh, we, so all the kids are a little distracting, but especially we got this nine month old and he's uh, teething right now. It's a little crazy. But uh, this is a picture I received this week. My wife texted me and she was like, guess who found the blue marker? Yeah, I know. Thankfully, it's non-toxic, so he's okay. We're all good. We're all good. He is a sweet boy. Just look at him. Come on. His name's Jude. Uh, the reality is we all want to hear from God. We all want to get further uh, guidance and direction. Many of us in this room, we're sort of desperate for it. Uh, we want guidance in our relationships. Uh, is he, is she the right person for me? 
Or are they a bum, like my mom says and all my friends says? Uh, we need direction in our jobs, in our careers. Uh, do I need to quit this job? Uh, do I need to pursue a passion? Uh, do I need to go co-founder dating and start a, a startup? Uh, we need help with life problems, uh, relational conflict, uh, where to live. Uh, are these Bay Area prices worth it? Uh, oh, the, no, okay. We... <laughs> Thank you for that commentary. Uh, or the big one, uh, which Netflix show should I binge next, right? Like, seriously, I need some guidance on this. Which one do I binge next? Uh, some of us are desperate for God to speak to us about our identity a little deeper. Uh, who am I? Uh, what, is, what is my worth? Am I valuable? See, this is one of the primary desires that we have of God is we want him to speak to us. We need him to speak to us. And this is what we see in Scripture. That's what we read, that God does actually guide people. He leads his followers. He speaks and he nudges. But uh, we, you and I, we have a massive problem. We have a huge problem. We have a problem that the Apostle Paul didn't have to deal with, a problem that St. Francis and St. Augustine and St. Peter, they didn't have to deal with. A problem that Jesus himself did not have to deal with. And it's this. You and I live in the noisiest, busiest, most distracting time in all of human history. Uh, a world of constant information, nonstop connection, endless interference. Uh, there's a recent article published by BBC. It says, we're exposed to as much data in a single day today as someone in the 15th century would be in their entire lifetime. Just let that sink in for a second. That's how much we're bombarded with information, content. According to a study done by the Council for Research Excellence, the average adult in the United States spends roughly 8.5 hours a day looking at screens. Some of you are like, that's super low for me, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, the average business person uh, gets 147 emails a day, according to Fortune. Again, some of you guys are like, man, I would love to, not ha uh, to have that little amount of emails. Uh, here's the problem. You guys know this. I know this. We desperately want to hear from God. We want to be guided by his voice to hear his wisdom and truth in our souls. But we are inundated with other noises, other distractions, other voices. So here's the deal today. Here's the big idea. If you want to hear God's whispers, you have to get out of the whirlwind. If you actually want to hear you say you do. I say I do. If you want to hear the whispers of God, you've got to get out of the whirlwind. And see, if we, can, uh, if we can't learn how to do this, this is why this is so important. If we can't learn to get out of this whirlwind of distractions, we will remain confused and lost and tossed about like our culture, wondering about our purpose and our identity, clueless about our future. But if we can learn how to step out of the whirlwind. We can learn to be still. We can hear God whispering into our soul, telling us who we are, comforting us, guiding us, giving us direction. 
And so regardless of where you're from today, what your circumstances are, if you're a Christian or even if you're not, not a Christian today, uh, this is such an important topic. If we can't figure this out, how are we going to hear from God? So tonight, we're going to discuss this idea by looking at one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. We're going to look at a guy uh, named Elijah that takes place in the Old Testament. So first, a little background on Elijah. Uh, he was an Israelite prophet in the Old Testament. And Elijah had witnessed uh, an incredible demonstration of God. Uh, many Israelites had begun to worship uh, an idol uh, from Canaan. The Canaanites had this idol named ba Baal. Uh, he, he looks like a really cool hang, right? Like, <laughs> that's Baal. Uh, so many of the Israelites had started to worship Baal instead of Yahweh. And so what uh, it, Elijah started doing in front of everybody, he basically set up this competition. There was two wood altars. There's one altar over here, another one over there. One was for Baal and one was for Yahweh. And what would happen is both groups would cry out to their God and whichever altar uh, lit on fire, that would be the real God. Elijah went even one step further. He got his altar and he doused it with water, uh, just sort of like to add it to, to the competition. And then as both groups cried out to their God, a miraculous moment, Elijah's altar burst into flames. And the people were in awe and they were shocked and they all bowed and declared that Yahweh was the real God. So Elijah had witnessed a huge, grand work of God. And he was hoping that this grand work of God would turn the people back to Yahweh. But like many times with the grand works of God, people didn't change. It didn't work the way he thought it would. And then in the next chapter, the one we're going to look at, we see that Elijah is frustrated and he's depressed and he's desperate to hear from God and find direction. And that's where many of us walk into this room with. We're frustrated, we're depressed, desperate to hear from God. So Elijah goes off by himself uh, to a mountain, and that's where we pick up this story. So let's read together. This is from 1 Kings chapter 19. The word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing, Elijah? And I love that question from God, because God knew what Elijah was there for, but he wanted Elijah to search his soul. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains and shattered the rocks. Some uh, interpretations uh, call this a whirlwind. Like it shattered the rocks, but the Lord was not in the wind, not in the whirlwind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, uh, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. So we see over and over again these big, grand acts, the whirlwind, the earthquake, the fire. Uh, so what is, what is a whirlwind? Uh, whirlwind, another word for that is tornado. Uh, now, I grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, shout out. Okay, nobody's from Oklahoma. Yeah, no. <laughs> None of you from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Uh, so in Oklahoma, there's this interesting phenomenon. Uh, people don't run away from tornadoes in Oklahoma. People get in their cars and they chase after the tornadoes. It's crazy. 
It's crazy, I know. Uh, but in reality, you see a picture. This is a real picture of what a tornado, a whirlwind is like. They're all encompassing, all consuming. They wreck havoc and chaos. Uh, there's two types of whirlwinds in our own life. There's sort of the external whirlwinds, like the drama, the conflict, relational issues that happen externally. There's the technology, the notifications, constant buzz. Uh, there's the politics. Uh, everybody's got hot takes and arguments, uh, unrest. Some of you guys are facing physical issues. These are all sort of external whirlwinds that happen to us externally. But then there's also internal whirlwinds that are uh, almost worse. The nonstop thoughts. We talked about this last month. The thoughts that bombard us and hold us captive. The anxiety. The fear of the future and the unknown. The fear of uh, lack of performance or failure. Um, there's external whirlwinds, but then there's internal whirlwinds. And so we are surrounded by whirlwinds and earthquakes and fire. And the question is, how will we hear from God? How will we get direction when this is what we see with this Elijah story? To finish up this story, we see this. One of my favorite pieces of scripture, it says this, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. After the fire came a gentle whisper. This is so good. It's one of my favorite moments because it's so beautiful and poetic. If you remember, right before this story, Elijah had witnessed this huge, grand act of God uh, where an altar catches fire miraculously, undeniable. And so you would think that God would speak in a in similar fashion with something huge and grand, but instead he speaks in a gentle whisper. And literally translated, the phrase is the sound of soft silence. Sound of soft silence. Uh, my favorite translation comes from the King James Version. It says a still, small voice. The all-powerful, all-divine voice of God spoke the creation into existence, did not speak through a loud earthquake or fire or whirlwind, but in a still, small voice. It's beautiful. It's poetic. But this is very problematic for you and I. This is troublesome for us because God is whispering but you can't hear him if you're in the whirlwind. God is whispering all the time, but you can't hear him in the whirlwind. Uh, I want to point out how hard this is for us. We have to be quiet to listen to this still, small voice, but we're surrounded by noise and distraction. I truly believe God is trying to speak deep truths into our soul, but we're busy listening to a podcast or scrolling through pictures on Instagram. We're waiting for a sign, like an earthquake or a storm. God, tell me what to do. Tell me what, to, uh, what I need to do next. Something big and undeniable, while God's still, small voice is speaking in every moment. And this is where a theme verse for this series comes from. Another one of my favorite scriptures says this in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. We talked last week about knowing who God is. 
And then this, the flip side of this is being still, to block out the distractions, to hear. Uh, and I love this. The Hebrew word for be still uh, is literally translated as release or to let go of your grip. I love that. Let go of your grip. If we really want to hear from God, we've got to get serious about letting go of our grip of distractions and noise. Uh, so for the rest of our time, I want to talk about how we can release our grip on some things and learn how to listen to the whispers of God. So uh, a few of the things that we just need to release and let go of. The first thing is for us to let go of the need to be entertained. The need to be entertained. Uh, it's a little convicting for me to preach about this because this is my world right now. Uh, we live in a world where we're accustomed to being entertained in every moment, right? Uh, I love, I'd make jokes about this all the time, but I love shows. They're so great. Uh, what's a better way to end your day of stress than to sit and watch a show? And then you watch another show, and then you turn to somebody else, and you're like, one more? And they're like, yeah, yeah, one more, one more. Uh, here's something else I love. I love, there's these new things. I want to get you guys in on it. They're called podcasts. They're so great. Yeah, what? I know, they're new. Uh, no, I love podcasts, and there are so many. I can't get enough of it. Anybody else into podcasts? Yeah, okay, cool. What's your favorite? Anybody want to yell one out? Joe Rogan, ESPN, the first season of Serial, anybody? Yeah, okay. Uh, there are so many. I have about a 30-minute commute every day, and, man, I am just packing in my podcast. Uh, so I love those. Another thing I've noticed, I don't know if you, you have the same, uh, the same problem, I'll get in a line at a grocery store or a restaurant or something like that, and I'll notice I just can't even like just stand in line and be still. I have to pick up my phone. I have to look at something. What's going on? What's on ESPN? What's on Twitter? Uh, we have this desperation, this need to hear from God, but we have a grip on entertainment. Every moment of our lives, we need to be entertained. What we have to do is learn how to let go of that, embrace quiet and silence. Uh, the author Ruth Haley Barton says, we are starved for quiet, to hear the sound of sheer silence that is the presence of God himself. And again, I'm not preaching at you. I'm not high and mighty here. This is something I'm trying to figure out myself. Uh, but what if once a week uh, we committed to commute in silence? to listen instead of feed ourselves, consume entertainment? What if once a week, uh, instead of Netflix at night, we had a conversation with somebody or we sat in silence? Uh, a friend once told me they have this rule that uh, anytime they're in an aisle at a grocery store or something like that, they refuse to pull out their phones uh, because they just want to feel the space of that moment. Uh, what if we adopted a rule like this? What if we trained ourselves uh, to not need entertainment every moment. And we learn how to look around and be present. We have to release our grip or a need for entertainment. Uh, second thing we need to release our grip on, to let go of our grip, is the need to numb. The need to numb. See, a, a lot of us are so uh, anxious. 
Uh, we have so much pain, just like any human in the world, uh, that we are, are, are forced uh, to numb this pain. Uh, we don't want to deal with our internal, our, emotion, uh, our emotional issues, our conflicts. And so we enter into what I've heard called before the numb cycle. Uh, this concept where we face stress and anxiety and burnout at work and school and relationships. So to escape from these emotions, we choose to numb out. Uh, when we get home, we consume food, uh, noises, distractions, uh, which causes unhealthy habits. Keeps us from dealing with our actual issues, uh, which causes more anxiety. And burnout starts to happen. It's a nonstop cycle of numbing ourselves. If we're going to stop this cycle, we have to dig deep. We have to process what's actually happening uh, internally. We can't run away from what uh, we're feeling or experiencing. Uh, Psalm uh, 139, we see this, search me, O God. The psalmist is asking God to do this. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. We see this willingness to go there with God. God, show me. Help me dig deep. Show me my anxious thoughts. See if there's an offensive way in me. And through that, as you show me what's happening internally, then lead me in the way everlasting. I've, I've talked about this before. Uh, some of you guys, when I have coffee with you or lunch, uh, one of the things that I do currently is I wake up early in the morning and I write three pages of sort of free-flowing th uh, thought and prayer uh, I call it therapy with God. It's one of my favorite things that I do. And I process what's happening in my soul. And I, I try to bring it directly with God, my frustrations, my questions, my fears. And uh, this is one of the best things that's happened to me as a spiritual practice because I'm learning how to dig deep uh, and learning to not numb but to feel the pain. Uh, so my question for you, what are you avoiding what are you avoiding? What are your coping mechanisms? What are your numbing techniques that you use you might not even be aware of? Could God be wanting to whisper some truth in your life, but you are numb and you're unwilling to hear? We need to let go of our need to numb. And then the final one, we need to uh, release our grip, let go of the need to be attached need to be attached. I was uh, in Ike's uh, the other day, which Ike's is sort of one of those God-ordained sandwich places where <laughs> they have this, is it called bomb sauce? Is that the kind of sauce it's called? Yeah, okay. I, you could call it glory sauce. Like it's gotta be so heavenly, right? And I was sitting there uh, with my kids, we're eating Ike's and I looked uh, to the table next to us and you guys have seen this, we've all done it before, but it just hit me in a new way. Uh, there's this couple there eating Ike's, and they sat down. As soon as they sat down at the table, uh, there's no talking. They immediately pulled out both of their phones, and they just looked at them. And occasionally I look over, still no talking. They're eating their sandwiches just on their phones, literally the entire dinner. Uh, they could have been engaging uh, with a human being, but they were attached to their phone. And I was thinking about it. I was like, at one time, this couple, they probably had a massive crush on each other. And they couldn't uh, stop talking to each other. Uh, but now this habit, 
this addiction has grown. They could have asked each other questions, shared experience. They could have joined uh, in the miracle of an Ike sandwich. But instead, they're glued to your phone, to their phone. Uh, question for you. How many days or how many times a day do you unlock your phone and then you realize you don't even know why you did it? It's just out of habit. It's just out of habit. How many times do you find yourself scrolling through Instagram and like an hour later, you're like, what up? where have I been? Where did I go? Uh, how many times are you reading tweets and emails and there's no intentionality behind it? You didn't go there for a reason. You're just doing it out of habit. It's there, so I do it. Uh, Richard Davidson, a professor of psychology and psychiatry at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, says this, and this is super convicting. Get ready for it. I think if we're all honest about it, we all suffer from attention deficit disorder. It's in part attributable to the kind of exposure we have to digital devices. The kind of feedback that we get from them is immediate feedback, and it's highly re reinforcing, so it becomes like a drug. And in fact, it co-ops the same brain systems that are indicated in addiction. Very convicting for me. We need to release this habitual attachment. We need to embrace the practice of setting boundaries. Uh, with any kind of control habit, we have to set boundaries for ourselves. Uh, maybe it's no phone until a certain time in the morning. Maybe just learn how to wake up without looking at your phone. Uh, maybe it's no phone at the dinner table, uh, no phone uh, after a certain time in the evening you put it in a different uh, room. Uh, I have friends who, who only check social media once a day. They have a boundary, they have a limit they've set for themselves. Another friend who has lim limited themselves to just one social network so they can sort of just uh, stay in one. Uh, maybe it's taking a Sabbath uh, from technology from multitasking, just getting away for a 24-hour time. Whatever it is, whatever it is, there's a need for us to put boundaries into place, uh, to protect ourselves, to disconnect from our attachment, our addiction. We're in an unprecedented time in history, and we still don't know the effects of all of this stuff, uh, but the reality, what we started this conversation with, is we want to hear from God. We need direction. We need clarity and guidance. Uh, but if we're stuck in this whirlwind, uh, how are we going to be able to hear from his whispers? Uh, so this is what this has meant for me. Uh, years ago, uh, after my dad had passed away, I was sort of lost. Emotionally, I was just in a, a rough place uh, trying to figure out what I believed about God, uh, where I wanted to head in life. And I met with a mentor, and he encouraged me uh, uh, that I needed to spend some time in stillness in nature. And so I took, uh, I took a half day, I took my phone away, and I just took a journal. And I took a half day, it was at this uh, Catholic retreat center, it was beautiful. And so I spent uh, four or five hours there, and I remember being at uh, this lake, and I was sitting there. And this is the first time I probably disengaged from technology or talking to anybody else for two or three hours at a time. And as I was sitting there, uh, I was journaling and I was praying with God. And I had this moment uh, where I felt like God was telling me to take out my wallet. So I took out my wallet. And then I, I felt like God was whispering to me, take out your, 
your uh, driver's license. I know, it's weird. Uh, but I took it out. And as I was looking at it, I felt like God was whispering to me, uh, this is your identification. You present this to others to identify to them who you are. And we all have an identification but then I felt God whispering even deeper into my soul, and he was saying, there's something, uh, there's something about you that uh, can't be put on a driver's license or contained in your physical name uh, that only I speak into you, your true identity. And this identity is you are a beloved child of God. That's who you are. I started crying. I'm sitting by this lake, and I'm just, he, it spoke to me in such a deep, deep way. I just lost my father, sort of reeling of, like, why, or why do we exist? Why am I here? And I'm hearing God whisper to me that before I'm Adam or before I'm a pastor or before I'm this or that, I'm a beloved child of God. That's my identity. That's what he speaks into my soul. And then I started looking around at the lake and the trees, and I felt like God was whispering to me, everything I create, I've given it an identity. And it listens to my voice, and it knows what to do. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to my voice. And so over the years, like any time I've had a major decision of moving to a new job, a new place, moving to California, uh, relational decisions, decisions to have a kid or not have a kid. Uh, that's been my practice. I go to a park or nature, I take my journal, and I just listen, and I journal, and I process with God. And I feel like lately God has been telling me, he's been teaching me, uh, I want to do this always, not just in big moments. Occasionally, I want to speak to you. I want to whisper to you every moment in life. So this is what God has been teaching me about this concept. Because his, here's the reality. God is whispering, but you can't hear him in the whirlwind. We have to step out of the whirlwind. We have to learn how to be still and know that he's God. So I'm going to invite the band back up. And uh, we're going to end uh, right now just taking a moment of silence. I know for some of you that might be uncomfortable. Um, you're, you're likely to have your brain uh, start giving you thoughts, what you're going to do next, who's going to go to the Dutch Goose with me, uh, some kind of task that you haven't done. But my challenge to you is for this next two-minute period, uh, this is a practice. We just want to practice this together uh, to be still. to let go and release your need to be entertained in this moment, to let go and release your need to be numb, some kind of deep feeling or pain you might have in there, to let go and release your need for attachment to something else. And so uh, we're going to give you a couple of minutes, and uh, I want to encourage you to take this and be silent. So as you do this, just some questions to process with God. What are the noises and distractions you need to release your grip on? What practices do you need to embrace? How can you become more aware of God's still, small voice?
Father, we give you this time. Would you whisper to us? Would you remind us that you are here with us? And collectively, as community, we release our grip. We open our ears, we open our souls, and ask that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray.